the history of squashing in my work goes back quite a long time. Um, I started about 20 years ago, really, um, with a whole series of works which involved killing things off, so taking almost like a cartoon death um, from various things like Roadrunner running off a cliff or uh, Tom and Jerry being steamrolled or <laughs> being blown up or dissolved or pulverized. And so uh, this, go this is a very this is a continuing series, really. Um, and the squashing, the first time I squashed something silver plate was in um, 1988 with a steamroller. It's only 10 tons. And the silver plate I used was very cheap. Um, it had a very tiny budget for the project. And, and when the steamroller ran all over the objects, some of them just disappeared into powder. And I couldn't quite understand why this was happening. And it was because some of them were cast. And cast objects, especially if they're low quality, will just disintegrate when pressure is applied. But then I wanted to use a more precise means of squashing. So I, I went to um, a sort of a big welding factory and they had a 250 ton press which they built a jig for me and uh, and I started to squash things in a very precise way. It was a lot more pressure so they became a lot more flat. <laughs> and so it became much more scientific and that in a way changed the kind of objects I bought because they had to withstand a lot more pressure so they had to be more expensive and have much better solders and joints because I didn't want them to break into pieces. I wanted to to keep their identity as objects. Um, so that you know, dictated the, the way I started looking at objects when I went buying. Uh, and you know, there is a huge dropout rate. You know, I'll squash you know, many more objects than, the, than I can use. Um, and then there's only a few objects that are, are squashed symmetrically, and those ended up in you know, a piece like this, where symmetry is all. The Rorschach is something that I've used quite a lot in drawing um, and you know, folding the paper. I like, and, and I used in my drawings, I would make the ink, which is supposed to be this neutral you know, material that's, you know, so it, it, the ink block is a benign thing that you can use to almost um, divine, you know, different things. Uh, but I like the idea of making that thing, you know, that medium, uh, a loaded thing. So I've done Roshos with poison in them, or um, I've done uh, Roshos with uh, cocaine. <laughs> um, so, and, and this piece, I just felt like there's some similarity between this, this, the very careful crushing, folding in on, of themselves of the objects, uh, to, to the raw shush as I was doing on paper. And so it's, I like this idea that it's, you know, this is a loaded material too. You can't get anything more loaded with associations of silver objects. You know, they have their identity in the world. And so the Rorschach is the opposite of that. It's trying to get identity from something that's bland and you know, without form. And so I quite like this, this kind of contradiction, the fact that they're also reflective when, when the, the ink is, is the opposite. It's very deep and dark. But, but silver has this you know, ability to go dark too. So if this was to tarnish, then it would be more like the ink blots. You know, it'd be like this, 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 um, but it has this other side. You can choose which, what side you want to present, really. I think the endless column was um, something that I've always loved as a piece of work, um, and it's hewn out of wood, and it's uh, almost like a, an architectural column that goes up, you know, could carry on forever. And um, but I like the idea of making a recumbent one, <laughs> um, and I have this theme in my work which is to do with nature and culture, I suppose. That I, um, you know, so rich long stones leading into the distance, or a walk through a daisy field, or or the, the natural wood of, of Brancusa's endless column. In a way, I was referring to my own endless column. You know, which is a, my relationship with silver, perhaps, but also the fact that it's it's a, a horizontal 
line rather than the vertical line. And it's robbed of its three dimensions too, which is, I love the chunkiness of Francuzzi. And, and this is a kind of, sort of a, a, not a parody, but a, a, a homage in some way to him. And a very ambiguous relationship with gravity. Um, a, I've got a, quite a fear of heights um, and a sense of vertigo, which I find also quite exciting, you know, if you go... To, on top of St. Peter's in Rome, for example, and I'm terrified of heights, but there's a, there's a kind of thrill of, you know, uh, associated with that too. So, um, so the work, in, in a way, is trying to capture this sort of weird relationship with the earth, you know, so the suspension becomes quite important. Um, also, I mean, we, we're battling with gravity all the time. <laughs> As we get older, you know, we get sort of, we sort of, we, we lose the battle with it eventually. And so it's something that I, have quite a great respect for. Also, I quite like the double side of, you know, the meaning of gravity. You know, grave things and the Earth's grip on all of us. Um, I did a piece years ago when I threw the dictionary definition of gravity, made in lead, so it's my handwriting in lead, off the White Cliffs of Dover, and then real gravity, you know, scrambled the words. You know, made them unintelligible because they you couldn't read them anymore. But that was the real gravity, tinkering with the, the, the our definition of it. So there's one definition you have in your head, but then there's a real physical reality of it. So, so I, I, I think it's, you know, a very enduring sort of relationship I have with it. These objects were beautiful before I had anything to do with them, but, um, but somehow I couldn't allow myself to like them. <laughs> so squashing them, you know, although they still remain beautiful, um, you know, it, I, then I can enjoy the beauty of them because they, one connotation's been removed and another one's been placed on it. So I think beauty is obviously in the, you know, the eye of the beholder and, and people have different associations. But I think beauty is very much part of our psyche. You know, we, we respond to beauty, you know, whether we're ambivalent about it or not. So I, for me, it's an important part of the work.